you are listening to the Manfulness Podcast. I'm your host, Hamish Kramer. My mission here is to help create a more mindful man, a man that can express himself, can explore a deeper level of himself, become more balanced, become more conscious, and just create a better version of masculinity. I want to help the everyday man explore ideas of personal growth, spirituality, relationships, purpose, and love in a way which is simple, safe, and understandable. So I thank you for listening. Hello friends, how are you? How are you doing? What crazy times we live in. Uh, At the time of this recording, I'm in Melbourne and we're in our fifth lockdown, um, which really sucks. Um, And because of this lockdown, I had to cancel my 40th birthday party. I had to cancel the Manfulness Masterclass uh, and a bunch of other things um, due to this lockdown in Melbourne. Um, and look, to be honest with you, I'm pretty much over it. I have to admit, I felt like this lockdown hit me the hardest, you know, and, and, you know, I don't want to get into a big political debate about whether lockdowns are right or wrong. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. Um, but I know that it, it, it definitely is having more of an impact the more and more we do this. I am starting to really see a one or wondering what the benefits uh, against the costs really are, right? You know, we're trying to help people not get COVID uh, or get the virus and we want to protect them and protect our health system, which I definitely appreciate. Uh, but what are the costs, right? What are the costs of mental health, emotional health, domestic abuse, violence? And it may be it may be uh, an even keel, right? It may be worth it. Uh, I'm just not sure. Uh, Closing of businesses down, people uh, not being able to provide for their families, it's very difficult. Uh, Not being able to move around. I think, you know, being free is a human instinct. I think it's natural for us to be free and to roam um, and to take those kind of liberties away is tough and uh, I'm, I'm not sure yet whether these are the right things or the wrong things to be doing and I don't know whether or what will be the impacts short and long term from it. I, I don't know. I can only tell it from my, my perspective. But that's the reality uh, that we find ourselves in or it's definitely the reality I'm finding myself in in the minute. In the minute. We're in another lockdown. And my process over the last few days... Uh, first, it was, um, you know, somewhat optimism. I'm like, okay, great, another lockdown, we can do this. And then after the first day, I was like, it really hit me emotionally and I felt depressed. I felt frustrated and I couldn't really put a finger on what it is specifically that I was angry or frustrated about. It seems to come on quite subtly and the usual things that I would do, which would be like exercise or listen to music or talk, just really wasn't getting there. Um, and that's a really tough place to be with, I think, in depression or anxiety or when you have these emotions, the inability to maybe find the cause of it or to find something that will give you relief um, and I'm very big on doing that, right? Like I, I usually try not to stay in emotions for too long. And don't get me wrong, I'll try and process as best as I can. 
You know, I don't try to deny my emotions. I did that for 30 plus years, right? But, you know, I, I trying to trying to find my way out of it so that it doesn't become a spiral can be difficult when you can't really put your finger on what it is. And I do remember being that way many years ago, like when I was younger, would often bottle up things and, you know, get it would just build up and then I would just snap. And I'd be like, man, what, why... What was it, the thing that started all of this? It would be like a mystery. And, you know, it would it'd be very hard to find out why I'd be, I was upset about something or what was the initial cause. And I think as I've done the work and worked on myself, I, I don't do that much anymore, if, if any. Or if I do do it, it's short-lived. But these lockdowns or, or this kind of scenario that it's been in has been hard because I I can't put something... I can't put my finger on it specifically and I'm doing the work and using the tools that I've got, but it can just be hard. I was like, you know, it's not financial pressure. Is it career? Is it worrying about the family? Is it my health? You know, like, and none of those things kind of pop up. It just feels like this overarching sense of dread (laughs) or gloom, right? Or I guess this feeling of here we go again, um, and maybe this there's, there hasn't been a solution to this problem to date. Um, it seems to be quite reactive. We're here 18 months, almost two years later. Um, and I, I feel like I have limited control over it. And so that's kind of what I came to after much uh, reflection on it. But that didn't come with its didn't that didn't come without its own grumpy, moody depressed period and arguing with Erica and being frustrated at the kids and, you know, just being in that kind of superficial layer of, of frustration. So it's a difficult time and, I, and I'm sure you listening to this now, maybe if you're in Melbourne or you're in Australia experiencing some form of lockdown, that uh, you may be going through a range of those type of emotions. Um and then just miraculously the day after, I just felt good. I don't know why it didn't feel like it was as heavy anymore. Um, and then I, had, I was good for a couple of days and then it kind of came back in again. One thing that I did notice a big improvement on was turning the news off. I'm going to be honest right there. I, I was getting a little bit obsessed with checking the daily numbers and what the press conferences and what the premier and the chief health officer had to say about it. And I realized after five days into it, it really doesn't matter what they say. Um, it doesn't change anything. And I, I noticed myself looking for some good news, right? Looking for some good news in the reports, looking for the numbers to come down. And if they weren't down or it wasn't good news, then I it just it ruins the rest of my day. And I'm I'm noticing that being in this kind of uh situation um that doesn't help you know l- looking towards these press conferences or news for some good news because when the news isn't good then it kind of puts you in a worse spiral right in a worse place because i'm not having access to the things that i would usually have uh, or do like being outdoors and exercising and interacting with friends and people and living life. So I think when we're confronted or faced with 
challenges or bad things that happen in our life, we inadvertently go to those things where we can feel comfort with. And being in lockdown, many of those things that we use are not there. So I had to look at what was the source of a lot of this frustration for me. And the news is definitely one of those areas. And I, I'm, pre- I'm, I'm quite, you know, a, a understanding of how the media works. And, and we, I think we just have to be honest, right? The media is there to sell their articles, videos, newsreels. They're there for our attention. And human beings are drawn towards disaster and death and disaster and destruction. We, we can't turn away from it. We love watching it and the news knows that. So I don't think I, and I'm not one of these people that is like the media is bad and, you know, they're evil and they make us do this and they make us do that. I don't think anybody makes us do anything. I definitely think the media understands how we are better than what we understand ourselves. And I think they know that if they make a news report with certain headlines and certain words and certain images that we'll be more attracted to reading that because we are drawn to that kind of um, hysteria, that kind of uh, disaster and danger and, and, and kind of thing. And we'll click on it. And when we click on it, our eyeballs are on it and advertisers paid for that, ratings go up because of that. So it, it makes... It makes sense. Like, I don't think they're doing anything other than they're just becoming the best at what they do to get our attention. And I think if you don't know that, and if you're not aware of that, then you're always going to be drawn in to that kind of marketing, right? It's it's marketing at its best. They know exactly what we want to see and what we want to hear, and they know how to draw us in. And... um they're a business. They're a business and their their job, their role as a business is to get as big an audience watching them as possible. And so I made a decision that I didn't want to be a part of that roller coaster and switching off and, you know, not scrolling and, you know, even, even getting off Facebook, getting off Instagram or really monitoring my usage or becoming very aware of my usage has been a game changer, honestly. I, I, I just, I noticed more consistent days of feeling good uh, when I disengaged. You know, one of the things me and Erica do, we don't watch the news, but we do watch YouTube. And obviously there's breaking news reports and just watching these numbers and watching these reports and getting quite frustrated at them. Um, obviously, you know, we've studied psychology and behavioral therapies for God knows how long. We've We understand and studied NLP I'm also, my background is in marketing and public relations. So I, I understand the spin and the way things are said. And I'm very conscious, especially even in my coaching, I'm always really listening intentively to my clients and what they say and how they say things. So when it comes to news, I, I do the same thing. I can't help but listen and go, why do they choose that word and not another? And why why the tonality and why the background music and why the certain scene selections and why have they they picked that particular person to interview? Do you know what I mean? I can't help but do that. And so when I pick apart a news article, I can kind of – I start to read between the lines and I'm like everything in this news article is intentional. 
the way it's been set up, it's intentional. It's for a reason. And usually the, 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 you know, the main reason that I see all of these articles put together is, is to incite fear. It's to incite fear. And fear draws us in. Fear activates our attention. I mean, if you go back to, you know, the beginning of time, caveman times, everyone always refers to our ancient times as caveman times. There's so much more than that. But if you look at us in our simplest form, if there's any danger around us, it would incite fear in us. And fear is a good emotion because it, 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 it fine-tunes your senses. It makes you – it dilates your eyes. It makes you listen and perceive better. It makes you see clearer because your body is preparing to run, it's preparing to fight, or it's preparing to freeze and be quiet. So our senses tune in. We, we actually can't stop that from happening. We can't help but look because our body wants to be aware and prepared for the danger that the potential danger that may be there. Now you take that now to our advanced in inquired commas civilization where these same sort of instinctual drives are there. All there needs to be is a sense of danger or a sense of fear and our our senses are drawn to it and we can't help but watch. And if these drivers are unconscious then we're just, like I said, on that roller coaster of emotions because we're constantly getting bombarded with these messages of fear. And we get exhausted, right? You can imagine if there's multiple dangers, your body is experiencing it multiple times, then your senses are constantly trying to tune in, tune in, tune in, focus in, focus in, focus in. And we know how hard it is to concentrate for long periods of times. It's exhausting. And many of us are probably already at that stage where we're already exhausted. You know, we're tired, we're worn down, and we have to be focused. We have to be alert. Um, and that just drives us into those really kind of dark areas where we turn off ourselves emotionally and become susceptible to even more fear, right? Because we don't have that ability to really take a step back and go, hang on. What's going on here? Let me disengage from that. We're exhausted. We're tired. And our senses are just on automatic. We're on default mode. And we're really only relying on those instinctual ways of being. So I, I'm really aware of this. And, and, I, and I highly recommend anybody feeling the same way to, to do the same. Like start to go, okay, what can I unplug from? in order to recharge? I, how can I get some energy back? Disconnect from the news. Disconnect from social media. Disconnect from anybody around you that's talking and is fearful. Like, can you disengage from the fear? And give your body and your senses an opportunity to come back into some sort of homeostasis, into some proper brain function. Because then you can kind of look at things maybe with a, with a sense of logic and a sense of reasoning. I mean, look at the input that we're getting. We're all getting our information from news. We're all getting our information from these kind of news corporations, right? And maybe you may be experiencing some of your experiences in compared to the news reports are off. But when you're in fatigue mode, when you're in those instinctual modes, there's not time to kind of rectify that inaccuracies. There's not time to rectify those conflicts between the reality that you experience as life and things that are being pumped in to you from these news reports. So 
this has been a very therapeutic exercise for me to go, let's disengage from this world of news and media and understanding that the premises for these particular news reports come with a sense of bias because their main goal is to attract me to them. There is no need for any, they're bad and evil because of doing so, or they're good or whatever. It's just the realities of the mechanism. Disengaging, taking a step back, and allowing myself to reconnect with my own knowing and my own intuition, right? And that may sound a little bit hippy-dippy for maybe some of you, but it ba- what it basically means to me is just coming back to my awareness, my reality, what I can guarantee or what I can touch and feel and know for sure. And in these times, it's very hard to know for sure anything. So I'm going to come back to what I know for sure. You know, my family, the house I'm in, who I am, just come some of these kind of fundamental things and letting go of all of what's been pumped in as messages in at me, letting go of all advertising, letting go of all media, even sometimes looking at things like Netflix, right? Um, and, and looking at the types of, you know, m- movies that are there. There's, there's, I mean, I guarantee there'll be 80% of them that will be based on fear and death and dread, right? We're drawn to it. And again, right, maybe that's not the best thing to be putting your awareness on when we're already living in a time of, uh, you know, death and destruction and, 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 and lockdowns and, you know, so engaging even in Netflix episodes that don't help you are not good. Like that's not a great way to go to bed at night if you're filled with fear, not from what's been going on in the news, but what's been going on in your Netflix account. And I noticed that Erica started putting on some funny movies and funny shows. And initially, I didn't want to watch them. Like, how funny, right? I didn't want to watch them. I was like, I don't want to be happy right now. I don't want to laugh. I don't want to watch Jimmy Fallon and all these hilarious stints that he does. I actually wanted to watch the latest news. I wanted to watch the latest horror movie. And I think there's a part of us that's addicted to that, right? A part of us is addicted to this fear, this addiction to fear. There is some sort of adrenaline rush maybe that we get and maybe that feels like life to us. It kind of wakes us up. And so we're addicted to getting that dose. And I realized, I was like, whoa, man, that's probably not healthy. And I kind of had to force myself to watch the first funny show funny episode or funny YouTube clip. But as I, after I watched that first one, it was like I could breathe again because laughter is such a great way to like clear that stagnant energy. Like think about it. Laughing is like, is a sense of like breathing. You're like moving energy and you can feel it in your body, like clears you. And then I just wanted to watch funny movies after I got that one because it just made me feel better and better and better. It's like I, I turned that tide to go back the other way. So notice that. Notice your addiction towards the fear. Notice your addiction towards things which are not good for you. 
right? I mean, so many things we do are not good for us. Smoking, drugs, alcohol, but we still do them, right? And notice how I think we have to admit to ourselves that there's some sort of addiction. I mean, the media knows that we're addicted to it. That's why they keep putting articles in that way. That's why they keep presenting themselves with fear and dread and and disaster and death because they know that we're addicted to looking. We can't help ourselves. So this could be a really great opportunity for us all as individuals, as groups, as a human race to go, I'm, 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 I can be more than this. I can be more than people using fear as a mechanism to get my attention. All right? And I, I want to focus more on removing these channels of fear in my life or at least putting some boundaries around them so that I have the power to engage when I want to and disengage when I want to. And if I'm going to engage, I'm going to engage with consciousness and awareness and be aware of how I'm feeling and always checking in to go, okay, is this engagement in this media helping me or is it making things worse? And I think if we bring that level of consciousness, that level of awareness to what's coming in at us, what we're digesting, I think it'll make a massive difference on our health and our well-being. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. If this episode has spurred something into you and you're ready to take the next step, I highly recommend that you book in a private coaching session with me. Yes, I am a men's coach, a meditation teacher and a breathwork teacher. And I use these skills and techniques to help get the most out of the men that I work with, whether it's a limiting belief, whether it's an area in your life that you're stuck. Um, I'm all about helping men live their life to their fullest ability. And you can do this if you go to my Instagram at manfulnessmen. Go to the link in my bio and click appointments there and you can book a time for me and you to connect and to really work on making you the best version of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I would love to hear from you. So please tag me on Instagram at manfulnessmen. Hit me up, DM me. I would also love a review on wherever you've listened to. And please, please subscribe so that you can get more of my updates, more of my podcasts coming through. And if you feel, please share it with another man who you think could benefit from today's episode.